Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. My name is Pastor Tim, and I'm so glad you're with us. And I'm Harriet, and we're so glad that you're with us today online. If this is your first time, we want to say welcome, and we would love if you would fill out our online connect card at lifecc.com just to let us know that you are here with us today. That's awesome. Also, we want to pray for you. We really care about what's going on in your life. So if you would just take a moment today, go to our website, click on the prayer link, give us your prayer request. Our whole staff would love to lift you up in prayer together. Yeah, we love you, church, and we are so glad that you're here. We hope that you enjoy the service today. God bless. Hey, good morning, Life Church. Welcome to Online Church. I'm so glad you're with us. My name is Tim Blevins. I'm the lead pastor here, and it's an honor to be with you again online. Hey, if you're new to us, if this is your first time being online, would you do me a favor and just write in the chat box there, I'm new. We would love to hear from you. Uh, also, if you want to connect with us in any other way, you can go to our website at www.lifecc.com. You can click on the online church tab at the top, and it'll do a drop down for you, and you'll see a connection card. It's a way to let us know that you're with us uh, if you're new to us. There's a place for prayer requests, a place to share your praise reports. There's a place for you to let us know if you gave your life to Christ, and you can put it there. There's also a link to our giving uh, platform, and if you feel like supporting us, we would love for you to jump on and, and make an offering today to our church. We're so blessed by so many people who are members of our church who have been giving, supporting this ministry. All of you guys are amazing. You're amazing. So thanks for tuning on with us today. I want to let you know that at the end of my sermon today, we'll be taking communion together. And so if you need to go get your communion supplies, you need to run to the refrigerator and get that real quick. So go right now and hurry back. I'm getting ready to begin a brand new series today called Heaven on Earth. I'm really excited about this series. I probably say that at the beginning of every series, but I'm always excited about everything that God wants to do in our church, and I'm loving this series about heaven on earth. We're saying that if it's, if it's probable in heaven, then it's possible on earth. And I believe that God wants to use you and I to be His partners of bringing a culture of heaven to earth. And so if there's one thing that I get across through this whole series is that we, you and I, are activated for ministry. We're activated to, to carry forth the message of heaven, the culture of heaven, and bring it to earth. We want to bring all the culture of heaven, all the good things of heaven, into where we work, to where we live, to where we shop, where we study, in every place. And so I'm excited about this series because we're going to learn about the culture of heaven and how we can minister that everywhere we go. My sermon title today is I Can Live for God's Purpose. And so let me pray as we get started. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that, that you are working in our life, Father. I thank you that we get to be a part of, of your work on earth. God, we know it's your desire to establish your culture, your values here on earth. 
and you've chosen to work through your people, God. We're your partners in it. And so, Lord, we're willing, we're excited about being your partners, Lord. I pray that we would lean into this message today, that we'd lean into this series. And so, Father, I pray this as I finish. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so to get started today, let me ask you a question. I've asked this question before. I want to ask it again. It's a simple question, but it probably needs asking often enough to keep it in the front of our mind. My question is this, do you know why you are on earth? Do you know why you're here? Do you know your purpose of why you're on earth? Maybe you think that your purpose is to get a great job with a great company and earn a great living, and, and, and I hope you are able to do that. But is that your purpose? Maybe you think your purpose is to, to travel the world. Now listen, I want to do a little traveling myself. I saw on Facebook the other day one of those ads of those little huts that are over the water in Tahiti. And I was thinking, man, I want to be called to that place. That's where I want to do ministry right there. Uh, it looks so beautiful. Maybe you feel like your purpose is to find the perfect spouse. Maybe you think your purpose is to uh, get a new house, to buy a house and to have the house to live in and that be your, your own dwelling place. Maybe it's to get a boat. Maybe you think your purpose is to get a boat. And you know what? Honestly, I hope you do get a boat because I've always heard it's great to have friends with boats. And so if you're getting a boat, get a pontoon boat. They're great. It's like riding in a living room on the water. It's awesome. Well, listen, I hope all these things come true in your life, but we all know that's not our real purpose in life. You were made for more than that. You were created to do something significant in your life. You were created for something meaningful, something that matters, something special. You were created to do something eternal also. You were created by God for His glory to make a spiritual difference with your life in this world. The reason you're here is because God isn't finished with earth and He's not finished with you. He still has more that He wants to do through you and more He wants to do on earth. You are saved for eternity, but you're here for purpose. Let me share with you your job description. We all need a job description. Here's your job description as a Christian. Your job description is this, is to partner with God in establishing heaven on earth. That's why Jesus taught His disciples this simple prayer. He said this in Matthew 6, 9. He said, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everything in our life, our prayer life and our actions should be focused on bringing that which is in the heavenly realms into places and spaces here on earth. I believe God wants us to establish kingdom culture, heaven culture here on earth in every place we live, every place we shop, every place we have a circle of influence. God wants us to bring the influence of heaven into the places we live, around the people we know. I love that phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. And I think in light of this concept that we are to bring heaven to the places we live, 
I would like to say it like this. Instead of saying on earth as it is in heaven, I would like to say in Wilmington as it is in heaven. In other words, I want the culture of heaven, the, the values of heaven to be established here in Wilmington. Maybe you live in Leland. Maybe you live in Burgaw. So maybe you would say in Leland or in Burgaw as it is in heaven to our Carolina Beach family. You would say in Carolina Beach as it is in heaven. In Wrightsville Beach as it is in heaven. In Castle Hain, in Ogden as it is in heaven. We want the culture of heaven to permeate every place we put our foot, every place we have influence in our life every circle that we have connections we want to bring the culture of heaven if you're a student at uncw you would say in uncw as it is in heaven i would say this for my personal life in my home as it is in heaven god chose to work through people to accomplish bringing his kingdom his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you're taking notes today, here's the first thing for you to write down. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. In the book of Philippians chapter 3 verses 19 and 20, it says their mind, and I put in parentheses the world just to identify who they their mind is. So their mind, the world's mind is set on earthly things. Their minds are set from earthly thoughts. But as a believer, our citizenship is in heaven. What this means is that our primary identity is not from our earthly citizenship. Our primary identity is in our heavenly citizenship. My natural birth, I was born here on earth, obviously. I was born as an American. So I have an earthly citizenship. But when I was born again, when I gave my life to Christ, I was given a heavenly citizenship. I love the book of Matthew chapter 10 and 32. It says this. He says, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, also I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. In other words, the actions of belief that you make right here on earth impacts your eternal life in heaven. When you believe in Jesus as your Savior, then it says that, that we are now part of the citizens of heaven. In Luke chapter 10, 20, it says rejoice. And I do, I rejoice in this because your names are registered in heaven. I want my name registered in heaven. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. I'm a Christian first. That's my culture. I'm a Christian first who is blessed to be a citizen of America. But let me repeat myself again. My primary identity is heaven. Therefore, I want the culture of heaven to permeate every area of my life. I want the culture of heaven. I want, I want the, the scriptures to, to renew my mind so that I'm more like heaven than I am like the culture of earth. I want my life to emulate the culture of heaven. I want heaven to be what is permeated and lived in my life and through my life. And let me tell you, church, heaven is a great culture. It's a culture you want in your life. It's not a culture of just sacrifice. It's a culture that we want. It's, listen, heaven is perfect. Heaven is a great place. 
And the culture of heaven is, is good for us. It says in Romans chapter 14 and 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what you eat or drink, but look, look what the kingdom of God, this is what heaven looks like. This is the culture of heaven. It's living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Church, I want to live in the goodness of God. I want to live in peace and joy in our current environment. And we have that because we are citizens of heaven. Our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. Listen, in heaven, there's no crying. In heaven, there's no weeping. There's no sickness, no cancer. There's no stress, no anxiety. There's no worry, there's no pain. In heaven, there's no racism. In heaven, there's not even any arguments on social media. Can I get a praise the Lord out of that? In the kingdom of God, there is hope. There is security for our eternal life. And the world, it doesn't know that. That's why it said that, that they, they are in an earthly mindset. The world doesn't know the hope that we have through Jesus Christ. The world only thinks through earthly ways. We have a heavenly culture that permeates our life. I want my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I really do. I want to be sure it's there. And I thank God that by, by believing in Jesus Christ while I'm here on earth, it gets written in heaven. I want it like, like wherever that book is, I want to be sure that my name is like in bold. and Like, you know, when you're on your computer and you're typing and you can make it bold. I want it bold. I want it italicized. I want the font from 10 to 20. Like, I want it in there. I want, I want God to circle my name. I want it photocopied. I want it digitized. I want it stored in a heavenly cloud. I want my name in the book. Why? Because heaven, the culture of heaven is amazing, and I want all of that in my life. I'm a citizen of heaven. I have access to those things in my life. But I'm also a citizen of earth, of America, and we live in a lost, broken, and hurting world. As citizens of heaven, we want to seek the culture of heaven, and we want it to, to permeate our life, and then we want to bring that culture to every place we live, to bring it to Wilmington, Leland, wherever you live. We want to bring heaven to earth. God's will be done here on earth. Our purpose in the world is to extend the beauty of heaven, to extend the, the life of heaven, the, the culture of heaven. We want to extend it everywhere we go. We are called to take heaven to the places we live, to the places we work, to the places we study, to the places we shop, the places where we drink coffee. Everywhere we go, we take heaven with us. Heaven isn't something we wait for. We are tasked with bringing heaven to earth to a broken, hurting, lost world. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. You are an ambassador of heaven on earth. You're an ambassador. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5.20, it says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. God is making His appeal. God is using us to represent Him here on earth. We are Christ's ambassadors. An ambassador is, a, is an official representative to a foreign country. In America, we have 
ambassadors that represent the interests of America in other nations. And they serve as an ambassador for us. But the Bible says that we are heaven's ambassadors to earth here. We have a citizenship in heaven, and now we are his ambassadors. We are representing God's interest here on earth. Now, how many of you would agree with me that Jesus was the perfect ambassador? He was the, the perfect representative of heaven on earth. And that's why we are called to represent Christ, to represent Christ, or to present him. The people that are in our world, we may be the only image of heaven, the only image of Christ they ever get to see. We are to represent Him everywhere we go. That's why we're Christ-like. That's why we need to act like Christ. And we need to do the things that Christ did. We need to look in the Scriptures and see that the, the ways that Jesus did ministry and, and see the ways that Jesus operated in the supernatural. And if that's how... He did it as a perfect representative of heaven, then we should try and attempt to do the same things Jesus did. What are some of the things that Jesus did? Well, Jesus, He preached the good news of salvation. We know that. We know that He went about healing all kinds of sicknesses, infirmities, and diseases. We know that Jesus defeated the works of the devil and He overcame evil in the world. We know that Jesus, He cared for the poor and the brokenhearted. He performed all kinds of miracles. He walked in perfect peace, rest, and joy. We know that Jesus calmed the seas. We know that He encouraged His disciples to have strong faith. And so these are the things that Jesus did. This was His ministry as a representative of heaven. And He gave us a model to live our life after. And so the things that He did, we should do. And so let me just give you a few practical ways that we can be like Christ here on earth. A few practical ways. First of all, you need to know that as believers, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And everywhere you go, if I go over here, the Holy Spirit goes over here. If I go to Starbucks, the Holy Spirit goes to Starbucks. If I go to where I work, the Holy Spirit goes where I work. Everywhere I go, everywhere you go, you take the presence of God with you. The presence of God is the, is the perfect image of heaven being displayed in you and through you. Everywhere you go, you carry God's presence. I'll give you an example of how it worked out in real life for me. Recently, I was at the CrossFit gym where I work out, and one of our coaches is moving to Ohio, and it was his last day at the gym and there was a group of people that were standing around chatting with him and and saying nice things and thanking him for his his uh, work there and coaching us and while we we're standing around talking I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me you need to lay hands on him and pray for him well I began this little battle inside my head like what will he think like have you ever had that moment where you know, the Holy Spirit's talking to you, and then you start questioning it all. And I was like, what will you think? And then I'm like, what are all these people going to think if I say, you know, hey, man, I want to pray for you. And, and so there was that moment of decision, but I felt like God said, I need you, I want you to bring a, a pocket, a, a display of heaven to his life at this moment. And so I stepped out in faith, and I prayed for him. It was great. He said, thank you so much. He told me how much it meant to him. And and I believe that God used that in his life and probably as a witness to others around. 
there have been times that I've been at a grocery store, as another example, and, uh, and I felt a, a need to pray for someone. I was at Walmart one time, and the cashier, she looked visibly upset about something, and, and I noticed it, and I just said to her, I said, are you okay? And she said, I'm fine. And, and I could tell there was something happening in her life just by the, by the look on her face. And I said, hey, do you mind if I just pray for you real quick? I prayed literally for 10 or 15 seconds. I just said, dear God, I ask that you would help her, strengthen her, comfort her in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. And when I prayed that short 10 or 15 second prayer, I looked at her and she had tears coming down her cheeks. She said, you don't know what that means. Listen, just wherever we go, we take God with us. And we're open to being used by God to do and act and do whatever it takes to just bring the, the moments of heaven into people's lives. I have another friend. His name is uh, Stephen Mintz. Steve Mintz, what a, a great guy. He is one of the coaches for the Texas Rangers Baseball Club. And one of the things he does is he leads his entire organization in a devotion every day throughout the week. And he'll meet with them online on a Zoom call. Uh, they meet in person. They do Bible studies together. Uh, Steve has become the, the minister of baseball for the Texas Rangers. And, and I love his heart to use his platform, to use his, his way of, of coaching, but also having a mindset of that God wants to use him in whatever he's doing. And so he is using baseball, but he's a minister there. He is being used by God. I love that about Steve. God bless you, Steve. Keep it up, man. You're amazing. This past week, Mrs. Redden, she's 92 years old, and she's obviously unable to leave her home right now, and she watches our sermons online every week. She's been part of our church, and, and I miss seeing her every week. I could see her just sitting right over there. Uh, every week she was there. She's faithful to come to church, and, and last week, though, she, she wanted to encourage me, and so she sent word to me. That last week's message, in her opinion, was the best she had heard from me in, in a long time, even for the year. And she just wanted me to be encouraged. And honestly, her words meant a lot to me. It meant the world to me. I was so appreciative that, that this faithful saint of God, who is so faithful to God, would take a moment to send a word of encouragement to me. Listen, you can be in any situation in life and God can use you for His kingdom purpose. And Mrs. Redden, I want you to know I love you. I appreciate your words of encouragement. I thank you for your faithfulness. You're an amazing saint. And God bless you, Mrs. Redden. I have another story I want to share with you. This is a story of, of George Cowing. George is a, a young man. He's a part of our church. Uh, he works in our tech booth. He serves with our youth ministry. And George has an amazing story of God's redemption in his life. And he came from some really tough situations, and, and he was adopted, and now God has just filled his life. And he is such a great example of being a person who lives with joy of the Lord in his life. Would you check out this video with me? I'm George Cowan, and I'm 26 years old, and I've been here at Life Church for two years, and I'm part of the youth ministry and tech team. I was declared to the Lord. My mom did that when I was very young, like nine months old. My early stages, uh, we didn't really go to church at the time, but when I 
got into my family now. Started going to church with my grandparents, and we, I grew up in a church called United Methodist Church, and I went to Bible study and Bible school, all that. Uh, it was very hard. Uh, my brother and I, my sister, um, got split up at an early age. My sister, probably, I don't know, probably like one years old, she got separated, and then my brother and I stayed together. We went through DHS, foster parents, foster homes throughout our early ages in life, and I was just treated badly, abusive, and I was not favored. Um, I had to stay in my room for the most of the time, like every time I Went somewhere, I had to go, when we got back, I had to go straight to my room. And my foster parent put a, a little detective thing on the door so I couldn't use the restroom. So I had to uh, use my window as a restroom and is that as well. Yeah. Um, they came, we, um, it was DHS, they, like a bunch of family members came, sat down, just talked to us and see if they wanted to like just take us for like a week or whatever, see what that is, how it was. They took me to a, a wishing fountain and that's when it started. Um, they told me to throw my coin in the wishing well, so I did, but they said I couldn't tell them what I wished for. but. I was like, ah, I'm gonna just tell you. So I told them, I wish I came to live with you. And they made that happen. And when I was five years old, I officially was adopted. That was like best days of my life and still is. <laughs> and that's when all the good things started to happen. All the people that interact with me and bring, brought me to, like all the friends and families I've been meeting since I moved down here six years ago. Um, that's how. Working hard, keep on reading the Bible and just keeping us, like trying to keep my faith and praying and surround um, around with good people to uplift you and like encourage you. Keep your head up even though it might seem to be hard, just keep going, don't give up, just keep on praying. He still hears you and he's always by your side. If it's probable in heaven, it's possible on earth. Man, what a great story. George, we love you. You're amazing. If you haven't met George, you need to meet George. Uh, one of the things you'll find out about George is that his way of life today is out of so much appreciation for what God has done in his life that out of that appreciation, he overflows with joy. He's maybe the most joyful person I know. I've never seen someone that smiles as much as he does, that has so many encouraging things to share. See, George is an ambassador for the kingdom of God. And one of his roles is to spread joy everywhere he goes. He lights up every room, every place he goes, he spreads joy. George, we're proud of you. We love you, man. 
So glad God has redeemed your life and now you are being used by God to advance the kingdom of God. God bless you, George. You're amazing. Listen, I want you to know there are no limits to how we can advance the kingdom of heaven here on earth if we see ourselves as his representative. If you see yourself as an ambassador, there's no limits to what God can do. There's no place that God can't use you if you'd open your heart up and say, yes, God, use me wherever I am. I love out of the book of Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, it says, from the time of John the Baptist began preaching until now, it says the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. The kingdom of heaven has been powerfully advancing. The kingdom is moving. God is moving. His, his, the, the kingdom of heaven is advancing. It's advancing in our city. It's advancing all over the world. And God is looking for you to become a partner with him in bringing the culture of heaven to earth. I believe every member is called to be on a mission. That's what I believe. I believe every member, write that down, every member is called to be on a mission. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, this is Paul, I am a prisoner for serving the Lord. What does Paul say? He says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. You have been called. Say that word called. Called from prison. Paul is pleading with us to lead a life worthy of a calling, worthy of your calling, calling from God. You've been called to live in a way that represents your calling, a calling of a mission that God has given to all of us to represent here on, Him on earth. Paul, I think, is begging us to take this one life we have and use it for the glory of God and to be a representative of Him here on earth. I think the word calling is a, is a holy word. It's, 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 it's a sanctified word. It's a word that we use to mean that God has, has invited us into a ministry. God has invited us, or we would say God has summoned us. It's a calling. God anoints us. He calls us for His purpose to be an influence in our world. He's called us. It's a holy, it's a holy word. I remember over the years, years ago, when I felt like God called me into ministry. And I, I felt that inward draw of the Holy Spirit to, to go into ministry. And so I accepted that calling. Your calling doesn't have to be from a, a platform or as a preacher. You don't have to work for a church to have a calling. Apostle Paul says that we should live according to our calling, and our calling is to represent Christ here on earth. That's a calling, and your calling is equally as significant as my calling here on a platform. My calling to preach, but your calling matters because God wants to use you in ways and places that I could never touch. Your calling matters. It's significant. You have an eternal significance by accepting your call today. You're called. I believe every member is on a mission. 
And God has given you a mission. He has called you to make a difference, an eternal difference with your life. Every day we need to be ready to demonstrate the culture of heaven on earth. And listen, if you know you're chosen, if you know you're called by God, that puts a little extra weight on our day-to-day life. Not heaviness like it's hard, just significance that every day we get to represent Christ here on earth. We get to pray for others. We get to demonstrate the culture of heaven everywhere we go. That gives our life meaning and purpose. Now, I found in my life that a calling needs to be accepted. We need to accept our calling. We need to say, yes, Lord, I accept my calling. Yes, Lord, I want to be used by you. So would you just for this moment just accept your calling today? Say this with me. Say, say, I accept my calling. Say it after me. Say, I accept my calling. I accept my calling to represent heaven on earth. Amazing. What a holy moment to, to accept it. I believe God is drawing you into ministry for a mission today. Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you just pray with me for just this moment about your calling? Would you pray this with me? Say, say this. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Say this with me. Your kingdom come through me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Would you say your will be done through me? Use me, Lord. Lord, let your will on earth be be done. Thank you, Father. Would you just say, Lord, use me today? Would you use me to make an eternal difference with my life today? In Jesus' name, amen. I know when you prayed that prayer that it was a moment for you. It's it's so important that we say, yes, God, use us. We want to be part of your kingdom. Use us for your kingdom. It's so powerful. It's a holy moment. I think it's important that we remember that Jesus, he came from heaven to earth, and he died on the cross to forgive our sins so that He could bring the culture of heaven into our life. I mean, the reason that we have our names written in the book of life is because Christ came for us. He died for our sins and He he brought the culture of heaven and now that lives inside of us. I'm so grateful for my salvation. And so I want to take this moment together as a church body to remember Jesus. The reason we have a calling It's because we have a Savior named Jesus. I want to remember Him today. And we do that through communion. And communion is where we take a little bread. Now, you may have a a little cracker. You may have a little goldfish. Uh, I don't know what you're using for bread. doesn't matter. Uh, You may have some juice, a little bit of wine, or or whatever you may have to represent the the juice or the, the blood of Christ. It's just a representation. Would you join me with this, though, and take a a piece of bread? And when Jesus was with his disciples, he said to them, he said, he said, "This this bread is, it represents my body that was broken for you. He said, would you remember the sacrifice? Would you continue to remember? And that's why we take this communion, to remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So as you take this bread and eat it, 
remember the sacrifice. Thank you. Thank you. You died for us. You're so amazing. And then Jesus said, take the cup. The, the juice, and it represents his blood that was shed. And as we drink it, we remember the grace of Jesus for our salvation. The Bible says that we've been brought into a new covenant. Covenant is like a contract from Jesus to us, from God to us. And it's an unbreakable contract. When you give your life to Christ, we come into this new covenant of, of grace, of where we know the Father through Jesus Christ. And so as you take this juice and drink it, remember that you've been saved by grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving me, Lord. Thank you that you came from heaven and earth. That we, we know our Father. We have, we have this hope because of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I, I just pray right now that because of the grace that you have given to me, would you use me to take that grace to a hurting world? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church, let me close with just one last encouragement. That if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, wouldn't you want everyone you know to know that same experience of freedom from sin, that same experience of freedom from bondages, the peace, the joy that comes from knowing Christ? That's why we're His ambassadors, because we know the joy of our salvation, and we want to spread it to a hurting, lost, broken world. So I want to encourage you, church, this week, Ask the Lord to use you wherever you go. Ask the Holy Spirit to prompt you to pray and to make a difference in every circle, every influence, every place you want. God bless you, church. I love you, and I cannot wait to see you again next week. God bless.